listening to the Retail Razor Show, where your expert hosts and their guests cast through the clutter in retail and retail tech to shape the future of retail. Hello and welcome to Season 3, Episode 17 of the Retail Razor Show. I'm your host, Ricardo Belmar. And I'm your co-host, Casey Golden. Welcome to Retail's favorite podcast for product junkies, commerce technologists, and everyone else in retail and retail tech alike. Casey, I have a question for you. That never ends well. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. (laughs) Let me just get to the question. Have you started getting ready for NRF 2024 this January? I didn't didn't really have much of a choice. Friday's already booked for the both of us. That's right. Um, For the VIP Awards Gala, where Retail Razor Show has been nominated for the Retail Voice Award two times in a row. And I was pleasantly surprised to see that LuxLock has been nominated in the Mm -hmm. Best Breakthrough Technology category. Um, Looking forward to having all of us retail junkies in the same room to start the new year off. Absolutely. And for everybody listening, if you have not yet voted for the VIP awards yet, please think about voting for Retail Razor and LuxLock. We will have all the links you need in the show notes to make sure you get your votes in. So don't wait for that. So I have been in NRF mode for, I don't know, at least I'm going to say a month now in planning uh, Microsoft with all our partners. Honestly, if we thought the 2023 NRF was a big return to normal post-pandemic mode, then I I just think we're going to end up blowing that away in 2024 at this next center. Yeah, it sounds like you're saying NRF is probably going to be quite overwhelming for even seasoned NRF attendees, let alone a newbie at the show. Maybe we can do something about that help a newbie out. I think we've all been them. I think it takes, what, three or four years to maybe not be considered a newbie. (laughs) I seem to recall that we had a guest on the show last year around this time with over 20 years of attending NRF that came on and shared his killer tips, tricks, hacks to make the most out of the show for any retailer. Why, yes, Casey, I'm so glad you mentioned that. We did have a true NRF expert on the show last year. In fact, we're going to do something different than we normally do for this episode, and we're going to give our listeners a special replay of that episode where we spoke with none other than Andy Lodato, the COO of The Vitamin Shop, and boy, did he have a lot of amazing tips to share. It's fantastic, Ricardo, but wouldn't it be a little bit better if we could also have Andy back? (laughs) <laughs> on the show today to share some of the updated tips or tell us about what he's looking forward to this year. Once again, I am so glad you mentioned that, Casey. It's almost as if we planned and scripted this or something. Shocking. I know sometimes like we, we share the same brain. It, exactly. It's just so true. It's so true. So we do have Andy back with us for a quick update before we jump into the replay. And now we'll shift gears a bit for one of our newest segments on the show, Blade to Greatness, where we hear from a retail industry leader who shares their insights and wisdom on how to excel in this industry. In this segment, we learn about the essential skills and qualities that every retail executive needs to lead their teams and their business to success. Whether we're talking about the corporate office or stores, we'll uncover valuable tips and advice that you can apply to your own retail career path. Today, we're speaking with April Sabral, founder of RetailU.ca, an online leadership development portal for field leaders, and also the author of two books, The Positive Effect and her latest, Incurable Positivity. After three decades running stores for brands such as Starbucks, Banana Republic, Apple, Holt Renfrew, and David's Tea, April transitioned into coaching and training after seeing the impact of leadership firsthand on a retail business. Her current clients include brands like Jimmy Choo, L'Oreal, Victoria's Secret, David's Bridal, and more. Today, she's here to talk with us about one of the most important skills every retail leader needs, how to stop being enrolled into negativity news, doom and gloom, and so on. Welcome, April. Hey, good morning. Nice to be here. It's interesting, right? How many times a day do people call you to tell you all the doom and gloom or send you emails or LinkedIn posts about like retail dead? That's so true. (laughs) All the time, 100%. So I'm not the person that anybody calls to actually do that because they know what's going to happen when they do that because I'm not being enrolled in those conversations. 
I always say life is like an enrollment game, right? Like we're enrolling customers to buy what we're selling and we're enrolling our teams to buy into what we want them and need them to do. And we're being enrolled in conversations all day that are just not productive about what's going on. So this is one of the number one questions I get all the time now. It's like, oh, you're so positive. But like, how how do you deal with a person that comes at you with negative news and just complaining about everything? And there's a fine line because you don't want to just come across as not, you're not listening, you don't have empathy, and you're just ignoring everything they're saying because it's not certainly about that because listening makes people feel valued, right? But I think what I coach most people on these days is just about just not being enrolled in it and like looking at it like a little bit of a game of like, okay, so I hear what you're saying, right? Like what I'm understanding is that you're stressed about what's happening in the world of retail. However, I do believe that there's some good things happening. So let's talk about that and what we can do to like bring more of that into this conversation so that we can move it forwards. So I just and I just play games all day of enrolling people into positive conversation. And actually, when they leave, they feel a lot better, right? Most of the time. So I think it's more about just not buying in and getting engaged in those circular conversations that really are just not productive. They don't create any kind of action plans. They don't create any strategies. They don't create good vibrations and make you feel good. So it's it's hard. It's not easy. But for me, I have a lot of filters. Like I just I don't listen to the news every day. And actually, I got on an Uber the other day because I was traveling and he literally had the news on and it was just doom and gloom. And I was mm. just like, can you change the channel? <laughs> I could just, I can't listen to it anymore because I've just attuned myself to not. And usually people call me and tell me if there's something I need to know. But it's just, yeah, it's about enrollment. It's about where you're, how you're having those conversations all day. But you do want to acknowledge people. You don't want to ignore them and just be like, not listening to it because that's just rude right and that's just not good people skills so i spent a lot of time talking to leaders about that these days how to not be enrolled and then how to enroll people into a good conversation yes i feel that the overarching doom and gloom is very toxic these days it doesn't take much to get a spiral <laughs> no yeah <laughs> yeah 100 i always say if you're gonna actually have a conversation or be enrolled in a conversation with somebody, make sure it's a good one, right? Yeah. Pick a good one. If you're going to, if you get thought, pick a good one. So, yeah, but it, it is a skill in the way that you do that. Because when you start practicing this all day and you start like becoming the person that enrolls people in positive conversations and positive things that are happening, it gets a bit uncomfortable for people. I'm not going to lie because they're so used to complaining. But we've been hearing doom and gloom about retail's debt for the last 15 years, as far as I know. It's all, That's true. always, yeah. right? Especially always. somebody that comes from stores. But there'll always be stores that close and there'll always be another brand that opens. That's just the cycle of retail. It is. That's why leases aren't forever. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> 100%. We would, part of business. Yeah. You'd be yeah. signing the time leases. <clears throat> yeah, and I think too, at the same time, right, you, no one wants to be a leader just to lead people down that negative path and to always be leading into gloom and doom, right? The whole point to being in that leadership role is to help the team aspire to do something, right? And to accomplish something. And if you're not being positive about that and encouraging more positivity, then how do you ever get them across the finish line on any goal? Yeah. And I just remember that when I got given goals and I was like, oh Lord, how am I going to make sure that my team is achieving this with me? I could see literally when I would show up and like start kind of complaining about the goals or saying they're not realistic. And I'd be enrolling my team in that. And then they would start believing that because I was saying it because I had such an influence. Whereas if I would show up and be like, okay, this goal is big. We're going to chunk it down, right? Like, how are we going to achieve this? What can you do? What can we do to inspire people? And I would enroll them in the positive and I could just see the difference in the results immediately happen. And so that's where I'm, that's where I learned that skill actually working through retail in the stores at times where it was tough, where goals were hard to achieve. So uh, yeah. It's the number one question I get asked all the time. How do I deal with negative people that are coming at me? And that's why I wrote a whole book about it. Yeah. Personally, I've seen a lot of my doom and gloom. I think we all know who those people are in our lives. Yeah. Do you find, I find that most of them aren't even aware. And I have to 100%. kind of bring it to their attention and say like, this isn't going to help us or this isn't going to help me. 
and I need to stay this. So if you want to talk later this evening about it, it's fine, but I can't do it at noon. Yeah, they don't. Yeah, no, it's so true. They don't know. And actually, I flip it on them. So I like you just shared, like, it's not helping me. I actually say to them, it's not helping you. It's not helping you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm not helping you if I perpetuate this conversation, right? Because you're not going to feel good if you keep talking about it. Now, we need to vent. We need to like, get a little bit. But I usually say, you got 17 seconds. And then, like, we're moving on, right? Like, that's it. But yeah, it's, I always say, I'm not helping you. If, I, I, if the best way it, I can support you is to help you find a solution or help you find a better thought or a better feeling in this situation because you're going to leave just uplifted and feeling better about everything. So, yeah. But most people are not aware when they're they're doing it because we're just programmed that way in the world. Think about news. News is all negative news. When do you ever turn on the news and really hear like great things? You just don't. I don't really listen to it anymore because it's not how I want to start my morning. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, April, thank you so much for sharing another valuable insight with us. I'm 100% with you on that, that the enrolling in the gloom and doom is never going to lead to success. You've got to find ways to turn that around. Thanks so much for sharing that with us. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Thanks, April. Without further delay, let's dive into that quick update with Andy Lodato and see what he's thinking about for NRF 2024. Welcome back to the show, Andy. I think this must be, I'm thinking your third time on the show. Must, I think you're averaging a once per season average so far. Well, thank you. Thrilled to be back. Great to see you, Ricardo and Casey. Well, we too are also thrilled to have you back on the show for an update to one of our most popular episodes, our NRF for Beginners special from season two, episode eight. So last time you were here, Andy, you you talked through some really amazing tips for getting through NRF, making the most of it as an attendee for, especially for those who are are new and have never been to an NRF before. I I have a few highlights that are some of my favorites, just a list for you. So I think the number one thing was have a plan whether it was planning for your meetings, what you want to see on the show floor, sessions, just about everything. In fact, you even mentioned planning for the free time moment so that you leave yourself some room for any of those unexpected things that you might run into. But certainly scheduling meetings in advance have to be part of the plan. Then you mentioned to be prepared to eat on the fly because you really don't want to leave the Javits for lunch or you lose too much time. And then we also talked about visiting your own stores if you have stores in the city while you're there because that's always good. And then I think one of the most important ones you mentioned was writing a post-NRF recap report. So do you think those are still really good tips? Are there any other hot ones you would add to that really quickly? Yeah, I think they're great tips still. I would add just when you have a plan, I would just add to that also a goal. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if these things happen, I'm mm-hmm. successful. So maybe that you're looking for a new software or to build some relationships or you're looking to sell software, make some partners, but really understand your goal and realize that it's very expensive to attend this event. I mean, if you're flying to New York City, staying in expensive hotels, three, four, five days, either your own money or your company's money, you know, it's thousands of dollars to be part of it. So I'm just justifying the investment, especially if the economy is a little tougher. So if you have goals and you accomplish, I mean, if it's cost you $3,000 to attend NRF, it sounds like a lot of money, but if you save your company hundreds of thousands or million dollars on making a bad mistake or making a good mistake, then it's a super good payback. So I would say have a goal and then build your plan based on achieving that goal. Before listeners dive into all the goodness you have to unwrap with your NRF tips, tell us the one thing you're looking forward to the most for NRF 2024. Is there sessions, topics, what you might see on the show, appointments? Yeah, well, NRF has now combined their supply chain org with the big show in January. That's so right. there's going to be sessions around supply chain. And my role as COO at the Vitaly Shop, I oversee supply chain and technology. Mm-hmm. And so I'm really excited about that. I think it's a really good move. At first, I'm like, wow, you're going to cram even more into those three days. But hey, that's okay. <laughs> we'll sleep later, right? So I'm excited right. about that. And there's no doubt this year, the entire show is going to be all about AI. Yeah. Maybe AI everywhere. Everywhere. Maybe frustrating and super important. So really seeing what others are thinking about AI, both retailers and suppliers and analysts, you know, that's pretty exciting. So supply chain and AI are going to be the themes. Maybe a little bit about the economy. There's definitely mixed messages about sales Mm -hmm. going up, sales going down. So I always think it's a great place to get a macro viewpoint of where they Mm -hmm. are. And we'll have early returns from 
November, December. And the holidays. Yeah, that's right. I would say those are, right. are the big things I see for this year. Yeah. Well, that's a good list. That's a good list. Any, any, we won't uh, be talking about COVID this year. <laughs> for once, right? Yeah, finally. Finally, that's a, that'll be true. Looking forward to that for sure. Any special events? There are always so many different outside events happening during NRF week. Any special events you're looking forward to? What will, yeah, and will look, be, uh, people who haven't booked their travel yet, really, I would say when you make your plan and your goal, you know, there's things that start Friday, mm-hmm. Saturday, Sunday. The show used to be a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, then people right. get up on Sunday. Now the actual show is Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. So there's a really great event on Friday night called the Vendors in Partnership, and it's where mm-hmm. awards are given to the to suppliers. I think that's a tremendous event if you can make it to that. There's a big charity event called Retail Orphan Initiative Super Saturday on Saturday morning. If you're in retail, it's mm-hmm. free to attend, no obligation. If you're a vendor, it's it's not that expensive. And sometimes we call it tech and tears, but mm-hmm. yeah. absolutely yeah. not hard to sign up for that event. There's a retail underground where retailers play rock and roll music. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's easy to follow yeah. with a little Google search is a great one. There's a Sunday night retail insider party. These are the things I like to attend. That's the Captain mm-hmm. Hotka event. Right. But every single night there's either a dinner or an event or yeah. breakfast. And so I would say that think of the NRF as the hub that brings people to New York in mid-January. But a lot of the value and back to what your goals are, if your goal is networking, you're probably going to have better opportunity to network. Well, I want to say probably, I say you will have a better opportunity to network at these events. Uh, than than on the show floor itself. So definitely look into those things. And uh, generally, you probably could, you know, depending on who you are, what you are and all that, you probably have a good opportunity to attend a lot of these. Yeah, I'm there for the before and afters. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I think those tend to be some of the practice. best things happening during NRF or all these outside events. Yeah. And if you're still in town on Wednesday, then you can have kind of a relaxing coffee with a friend. Right. Or something and That's right. That's right. Yeah. I, always, I always include that Wednesday in my plan. So we're talking about flying Friday morning and staying till Thursday or yeah, <laughs> or at least end of the day Wednesday. Yeah, it, it, it's not a short trip. <laughs> no, I think that's sure. that's a good plan, and it, I think it also really just helps spread it out a little bit. A lot of people forget New York energy can be completely exhausting to somebody who is not here day in and day out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anything that you've learned last NRF that made you think, wow, that's that's pretty new or I like that, hadn't thought of it, that you'd add to your your list of tips for 2024? Yeah, you know, I think this, I actually have to go back and count, but I think this will be my 20th or 21st NRF. And there's always like, was the what's I was looking for? Like, oh, I need this software or that. But mm-hmm. last year I spent a lot more time with people both asking them and them asking me about the whys. And there's a lot of philosophy about whether you're going to go with composable commerce or a platform or this. And and the answer is different for every company. So there's not like a right or wrong answer for these things. But I think really when you're talking to people in person, especially now that we're in video all the time, really drilling in with people about their philosophy towards these approaches and the why and why it makes sense for them or their company. I think that's a big thing that's really hit me is spending time if someone chose to go with technology A or process B, then drilling into what was the thinking behind that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that will not just line up three different platforms, do an RFP and check out features, but really understand as our, our HR person, like say the why behind the what. So that would be the mm-hmm. bigger thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love, I love that. The why behind the what. I think that's a great point because there is so much that you can find at NRF. And I think to your earlier point, even if you have a goal, around what is it that you want to learn the most about, you, you should also be paying attention to not just like you said the what, but that, that why behind the what and why you want to make that choice or why you might not want to make that choice. And, and it can be different for everybody. And that's yeah, and it, it probably is. That's why there are yeah. so many choices, right? That- yeah, that's why there's so many choices. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It won't be the same answer for everybody. No doubt. No doubt. Well, let's take this moment and dive into the special replay of our NRF for Beginners episode with Andy Lodato. COO of The Vitamin Shop and long-term, long-time NRF attendee. Today we're here with a retailer who's no stranger to the show and has extensive experience making the most of the NRF show and all the activities during NRF week in New York City each year. That's right. 
So let's introduce our guest, Andrew Lodato, COO of The Vitamin Shop and former CIO of Pier One Imports. Let's pave the way for the newbies coming to NRF this year. Welcome back to the show, Andy. Yeah, thank you. Hello. Great to see you, Ricardo and Casey. So how many NRFs have each of you been to in your retail careers? Yeah, so I've been to 2021. This will be 22. Wow. I actually took a little stint outside of retail. Well, it sounds like a lot, but when you meet people there, you'll meet people with 30 plus NRFs under their belt. Yeah. I consider myself a veteran, but certainly not a senior as some some of the people. Yeah, I think this is going to be my, I've lost track, even though it doesn't sound like I should, but like 11th or 12th. NRF. So sometimes you're you're totally right about that, Andy. I'll run into someone and they'll say, oh, this is my 20th NRF. And I'm like, oh, that, that's kind of making me sound like the newbie. <laughs> exactly. Wow. I think I'm only at like six. So you guys have got, definitely got me. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's take a brief step back. And for those who are the true beginners to NRF, let's define exactly what NRF is. And so Andy, how would you describe the, the jam-packed NRF week as it's start, become called in the last few years You know, of activity surrounding the actual NRF show and everything else that's going on in New York City during that nice bitter cold week in January that we're always also used to. Yeah, so we all call it NRF or NRF Week, but actually NRF is stands for the National Retail Federation, and it's a retail advocacy and lobby organization. So most retailers are members of the National Retail Federation, and every year the NRF puts on several shows conferences, events around different disciplines, technology, supply chain, digital, store ops. But in New York, once a year, they have what they call the big show. And so we just call it the NRF, and uh, but it's the big show. I don't know if this is true, but the story is 100 plus years ago, retailers you know, all got together in New York City and said, how'd we do over the holidays? I just imagine like 12 people in a room with a box of donuts and, and it really evolved yeah. from there. I wonder if that's true. You're I made it up, but it sounds, <laughs> it sounds cool. good though. <laughs> you can picture it. Like it's a building filled with men in pants. <laughs> so as a retailer, what should our goals be attending? What kind of ROI do you expect to get from this trip? Yeah, I, Keisha, I'm glad you used the term ROI. I mean, people spend a lot of time and money to attend. You know, hotels in New York are 300 to $500 a night and then travels. You know, behind every event. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. So, if, you know, so I think it's really important. And if, you know, you get the opportunity to go, especially one of your first times, you know, make sure your company feels like they got their money's worth of their investment. Mm-hmm. And so I always have goals. I think everyone should set some goals and mine are pretty simple, but when I think they're powerful. So. My goal will be to come back from the big show with one to three brand new ideas, something I haven't heard, read, whether it's been on a podcast. So you get inspired, whether you're in a formal session or a chat or social, and you hear something someone's doing or contemplating and to get one new idea that you can bring back to your business makes you know the investment palatable or, or worth it. Then I also have the goal of having making three or more retail connections. You know, just to meet someone new, finding someone in a different company that does what you did, or maybe they're ahead of you on some journey on either Omni or digital or some path that's important to you. So making that connection that you can follow up with later is really, really key. And then the last thing on my return on investment is to get a scorecard on how you're doing to honestly judge yourself when you, you talk to others. And sometimes you find, you know, Everyone's not as far along. Sometimes you may be like, wow, I feel like we're behind when you read all the hype and then you start talking to people about their reality. Or you may find that someone's way ahead of you on something and, and then that sets the standard that, hey, we need, we need to redouble our efforts. That makes sense. I find that NRF, different than a lot of other trade shows, has more customers join rather than some other trade shows and industry events where I find that it's a sea of vendors. I definitely feel like I get to meet more customers and more retailers that attend NRF from like the daytime into the evenings. Yeah. You know, and then if you're new, you'll notice quickly that the NRF is kind enough to color code your badges. And so you'll be able to tell if someone is a, from a retailer, from a supplier, from the analyst, are they a speaker? So you'll learn the code pretty quick. And uh, if you're a call your buyer, not a seller, you're going to get a lot more attention walking down the aisles. That's true. But yeah, you're certainly fine. Not, and not just, I would say not just a lot more retailers, but a lot more principals. You're talking about CEOs and 
a lot of C-suite also attend the show. Yeah, that, that's true. That's true. I, I'm curious about one thing you, you just said there a minute ago, Andy, you know, about seeing how, how far along you are. I, I'm curious, is, is when you're thinking about that, are you in, in a way trying to gauge and compare where you're at versus what all the industry hype might be before you get to the show and kind of, are you trying to see if while you're there at the show, can I level set around that hype? Is it really hype or is there something real there that maybe you are doing and you don't feel like you're far off along or maybe there are things that you haven't been able to figure out if you should be doing, but you keep hearing all this hype and you get to the show and you're trying to validate that. Yeah, you hear the hype and you try to validate it, right? So I'll make something up because this has been going on since my first interrupt to talk about RFID. Yeah. It's going to change right. the world and talk about that. And, you know, you open up the press and people are like, oh, we solved all our inventory woes with that RFID. So you sit down with people and talk about what did it take? How was it? Was it really worth it? And you kind of get that honest. And if you meet with 25 people and ask them all about the same question, you really mm. get a better feel for than yeah. just reading the article. What, what about the sessions at NRF? Do you, do you go to the sessions that are there? And, and if you do, how do you decide which ones are worth your time to go to? And, and I guess the sort of second part to that is for this coming NRF, are there any sessions you're particularly interested in? Yeah, so I think the sessions are extremely important. I think it's easy to not go because you end up getting all these invitations before and the expo booth is you know, for a retailer, you can pretty much get in for free. That's not that difficult, but I think they're extremely important. So for me, it's the keynotes because ultimately every NRF ends up with a feel to it or a theme. And, you know, I have some theories on what I think the theme will end up being this year. And I think it'll be around, you know, your business in a tough economy. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. And, and I think getting to some sessions are important. The sessions that I like to attend are really about the call it the bleeding edge stuff. I'm actually, I'll do a little plug. I'm that moderator of a session on digital mm -hmm. twins on Sunday afternoon. So I'm super excited about that topic and I know very little about it. So, you know, I'm going to learn a lot being the moderator of that. So those are the kind of sessions I like. And then anyone who's done, done something you're trying to do. Mm -hmm. So for example, you know, we're at the vitamin shop. We just last year rolled out buy online store ships boss. So any session on those, we were eager to get to because we heard, you know, some learnings we can have from others. What would you, as a retailer, what kind of advice would you give to a, a technology vendor that's going for the first time? Because yeah, so we were there for you, right? <laughs> so <laughs> I, I think the NRF Big Show is the most amazing place to meet people for the first time and get started. So my advice would be to try to have your meetings just about have some coffee and get to know someone. I don't think you should try to demo in detail. It's loud. It's noisy. There's interruptions. It's a horrible place to sit down and spend 45 minutes going through a new AI-driven planning system, right? People aren't going to be able to focus. So I think for technology vendors, you know, make plans up front of who you want to meet with, reach out and make the meetings really as casual as you're comfortable doing. And it may not feel worthwhile, but I think that's more worthwhile than trying to no one, no one shop. No one shows up at the NRF Big Show with their checkbook, right? We're not shopping. Right. We're there yeah. to learn and to make relationships. So that's my advice: is just focus on the relationship. It's great to know that you're really not there to shop. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for saying that out yeah. loud, Andy. So, so, so let me ask you then. On <laughs> I've never bought a single thing. I, in yeah, I, I was just going to say. Yeah, yeah. I, I bet that was going to be the answer. Yeah, it, which I think I kind of find with most retailers, I know that that's always true. It's you know, it's you're not there to decide to buy, you're there to learn, right? You're there to find out and investigate and, and kind of help you help set up maybe some guide rails around where you want to go and what you want to look for. That's great. I mean, exactly. that really helps everybody understand like what value they need to be thinking about providing when they show up. So I guess maybe also along those lines, Andy, you know, just thinking in terms of from the retail tech vendors that are there, right? In so many cases, right? And I'll, I'll speak from the vendor side here. You know, there's always a desire to try to show off what Every, for every vendor, what we have to every retailer that comes by. And to your point, right, where you're, you're kind of saying, focus on building the relationship, you know, it's not the best environment to go through a detailed demo and kind of thing. So, so I'm curious, what, what, what advice would you have vendors who are totally focused on making sure they have the right demo and the right experience to show off to any retailer that comes by? What's your advice for, for that vendor in terms of how they should present themselves? Yeah, let me start with something that people may forget about. It's a good opportunity for 
retail vendors to shore up their existing relationships. I mean, a lot of us haven't seen each other for three years, right? Right. So, you know, start with that. And again, I always talk about the principles are there. We're going to, I see uh, Sharon Lighty's going to be at the NRF. She's on the board of the NRF. So, you know, establishing and uh, firming up those relationships, because remember, we're wandering around CIOs, COOs, we're wandering around to these parties, events, and people are asking us, who do you use for this? Who do you use for that? So, you know, that's kind of like, almost like a defensive, but focus on your incumbents first, like your existing customers. Mm -hmm. And then my second thing would be just to be, you know, I don't know what the right analogy is, but to be targeted. What's the point? A lot of people in my mind seem like they're, they consider winning the maximum number of meetings, but go for quality over quantity is what I would say. I mean, people beg me to come meet in their booth where I have no interest and I'm not shopping and I tell them that, but it seems like they don't care. I mean, someone offered me $100 to meet with them, which I find really quite numerous. I'd like to go back and tell my younger self that. But why? Why are they so desperate for me to come to their booth if they know I'm not interested? I guess it's just to tick a channel, mm-hmm. right? So don't yeah. do that. Yeah. 10 good meetings, way better than 30 substandard yeah. meetings. Is there... You know, is there any like any one thing that you've seen vendors do in the past that you just say to yourself, why do you, why would you do that? Please stop doing that. Don't do that again. Yeah. That tackle you when you're coming down the aisle. Right. I mean, okay. Yeah. A lot of us try to flip around our badge, but since yeah. you just interrupt me, step in front of me, start chatting, give me your pitch. I don't know you. I don't right. know who you are. I know what you're right. doing. I'm late for something. And it's just, that's going to be. You talk about relationship building, you're starting with Right, that's right. Yeah, you're doing the opposite mm-hmm. right there. So this is fascinating. So related question, what are your top tips overall? I'm a big fan of the coat check, but what about lunch, et cetera? Have you ever done any lunch meetings like away from NRF? Yeah, so, you know, it's important to have a plan and your first time at NRF. I mean, I, I'm glad you mentioned coat check. Like you walk in and there's a long line to check your coat and you come, if you come, first day, you know, you're, and you have to have a coat. I mean, it's New York city in January. It's cold. It could be snowing, freezing rain, but just be like, have a plan. If you see a long line, I bet if you go down the place is really huge, you go down another section, there'll be a no line or someone might invite you to have, I know some, I am not going to say who, but I know a vendor who built a coat check into their booth. Yeah. You know, yeah. they get traffic and that's where my quote goes. And Actually, so, I always find anytime that there's a line at an event, that's really an opportunity to meet your neighbor. Sure, because it's so much you know, more organic conversation when you're both sitting there like complaining or waiting. <laughs> absolutely. The line in Starbucks, you know, yeah. and I agree. And that's when they talk about having a goal of making, you know, at least three new relationships. Yeah. But you could get frustrated very quickly, like getting to Javits in the morning on a bus and then waiting in a line. And then, you know, now all of a sudden you're missing the keynote and you go in there and there's no more seats and you're, you're nervous and stressed. And so have a plan, get there early, put your code somewhere smart. Remember where you put it. The lunch at Javits is really almost inedible. It's horrible and expensive. And so I don't recommend at all leaving the Javits Center. You know, right, the, so you're going to, it's going to, well, we sell plenty of healthy protein <laughs> bars at the vitamin shop or on the floor. You know, these booths are going to have popcorn and candy, but I would definitely plan on eating on the fly. The reason I say don't leave is that now you got to get your coat again mm-hmm. and then you're going to go somewhere. And if it's a sit down restaurant, that takes time. So you're talking about an hour and a half minimum right to leave to leave the grounds for lunch so i wouldn't recommend that but yeah just i would say have a plan for all these things and don't be frustrated and uh if you want to get your badge early like you can sometimes get your badge at the hotel right and satellite places so that's a nice little trick if not if you come in a day before you can get it day before they may even have ways you can print it read read the instructions they're not a lot but sometimes like you need your id or you need this or that or i don't know what they're going to do with covid but just read the instructions be ready and take the stress out by by having a plan for these things. So on on that topic of scheduling meetings, for example, you know, so good good tip you mentioned, you know, don't don't try to leave in the middle of, of the day from Jazz and then expect to come back. What do you do around meetings? You know, for example, do you do you try to avoid having too many meetings in a row? Because I, I know I've always found like the biggest challenge is Javits is bigger than you think it is. So just trying to get from one meeting to another can be tricky sometimes, especially if you're trying to go between floors. And you got to leave yourself enough time. But do you have a strategy for for how you look at scheduling meetings on your calendar while you're there? Yeah. So not only is it really, really big, you got the people <laughs> stopping you, like I mentioned earlier, right? So you got the gauntlet <laughs> to try to get to your meeting. And so plan your meetings with a map. 
And so they'll lay out where the booths are. And if you have, you know, you want to meet with say six people on it on one of the days. So what I would do is I would start, sit down and start with what sessions do you absolutely want to attend and block those out in your calendar. And then you say, okay, who do I absolutely want to meet with? Then reach out to them. And, and I've already done a lot of this. I mean, you need to be doing this now, right? These things. I laugh when someone will invite me to dinner like the day before <laughs> my lap. It's been booked yeah. forever, right? So, I mean, then lay out the, the meetings kind of like from, you know, Javits is numbered from zero to whatever, 10,000. So either go left to right or right to left and, and be smart about it and just plan it. And if you can, you know, it's a big puzzle because they also have to be available, but plan your meetings. And then you will encounter something that you want to see at the Javits that you don't know about before you go. So there's some balance. You want to leave some free time, maybe at the end of the day to say, oh, wow, I, I met this person in the line at the co check and I want to go by and, and meet them. So leave some time for that as well. What about some of the other big attractions during that week? Are all of these other ancillary events that are happening? Casey mentioned it, right? All the things in the, the celebrations, the dinners, everything happening all around the city outside of the Javits and outside of the show. I would even say some of my favorite uh, things that happen at NRF are those extra events. I think Kays would probably say the same thing. That's why you go to those too. And then some are vendor-led, some are vendor-sponsored, some are not really led in any way by a vendor. They have a different purpose. What are your goals and expectations around how you approach those events? Yeah, so for a lot of people, for me, you know, I usually never even came to New York City other than the NRF. So if you want to see New York City, I mean, New York City is an amazing place. So you could maybe plan some of your own time. One thing that may fascinate people, like you may pick a night and only go have dinner with your coworkers. You know, I know you'd have to pay, your company will have to pay or you have to pay yourself, but you know, it's something you don't probably normally do back home is spend some time. So everything doesn't have to be, and you don't have to be on and you don't have to be here on a pitch. So that's something that we did all the time after when we'd pick a night and just have dinner with, with all of our coworkers that came to the show. I think the long, the more people that attend a dinner, the longer it takes. And I actually have some math formula. I had like seven minutes for every attendee <laughs> to my dinner. So when you start to get into these, number one thing I ask is how many people are going to be there. So, you know, if it's a 30 person dinner in a big room, you're looking at three plus hours. Mm -hmm. I try to avoid those. I'd rather kind of bop from call it a happy hour and a happy hour kind of event where I can meet people and have one-on-one -on -one conversations. I know I keep talking about not eating, but there's plenty you're going to eat. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, Your bars and the popcorn yeah. and the treats. And then there's going to be at these happy hours, we'll call them happy hours or cocktail. There's going to be plenty of hors d'oeuvres that, you know, kind of stay on the fly is what I like to do. Maybe pick out that one night for a team meeting and then bop from event to event. There's one vendor and I'm not going to say who it is, but it's usually probably around like 11 o'clock at every trade show they're like my before lunch stop because they have like this whole entire booth made out of jelly bellies <laughs> yeah like, <laughs> i'm like it's just great <laughs> i have a fun nrf story so years ago i was talk talking to someone at a booth and they ordered out sub and they were delicious because new york you can find amazing delis and then it became a thing so the next year i'm like hey are you guys going to do that again and they actually got to where they were bringing in hundreds of sandwiches and they reorganized their booth. Well, the NRF got angry because they want to make money or, or the Javis Center got angry because mm -hmm. there's rules and unions. And so they shut it down. But I had a good thing going for a few years there. <laughs> and, and so did they because they had, they had the, the lunch booth going. So. Yeah. I mean, I find when you offer food at any trade show, even, you know, when I was on the fashion side going to market, feed people <laughs> with good food and they'll stick around and come back. Great. All right. So we also have to recognize that if you're new to NROF, you also might be new to the city. And New York City is one of the most, it's like the pure definition of a city. And what yeah, would you- Yeah, I'd argue the best city in the world. I haven't been to them all, but world. I would argue it. <laughs> I mean, granted, I just went to a couple of really beautiful cities last week, but there's nothing like New York. But it can be definitely overwhelming for a lot of new people, especially new people coming into, you know, there's a lot of people that have new jobs right? And this is their first time to NRF, mm. first time in New York City. Where would you suggest a beginner to stay or how to get around? It's something that they, they, they must see just because they're in New York City for the first time. Yeah. So let me go back. First of all, it's about getting here, right? So there are three airports. There's the LaGuardia Airport, which most people think is where they need to fly, but there's also JFK, which is a little more of a hassle, but you may save hundreds of dollars or get a more convenient time. Mm -hmm. And then there's the Newark airport and don't sleep on Newark. It's just as close to Manhattan 
I is always LaGuardia. Yeah. So there you go. And, you know, so there's three choices for airports. Once you get to the airport, you got to get to the city. The biggest hack now, now I take the subway, but I'm not going to recommend the subway from the airport for a beginner, but the biggest hack is the oldest hack. It's cabs. So it used to be, yeah, I had to take a cab and then Uber came, but now everyone's taking Uber. So the cabs have no line and there's an app that lets turns your cab into an Uber called Curbed, C-U-R-B-E-D. You download that app and there's a number in the back of the cab. You sync it. So you don't have to deal with paying the driver. So my hack at LaGuardia is just to go down and get a cab at the cab stand. No wait. And then all the people fighting over the Ubers in that parking garage deal with that. So that's that. So now we're they were there. You get into Manhattan. Um, where to stay? I, I guess if you're new, stay at one of the sanctioned hotels on the NRF website. Now, you know, back years ago, there was nothing out by Javits. It's out by the water and a rail yard, but now there's Hudson Yard. So you're starting to see more restaurants, hotels out there. But another thing I will say is don't get on the bus to the NRF show. So there's buses from the hotels. It's so easy to take the subway. And I know subways are scary, but there's a seven subway. It's one stop from Times Square. It goes right by Javits. You don't need a card anymore. You just pay with your cell phone or even your Apple watch. Mm. It's a seven train. And you just take the seven train west, you get off. There. There's no other place to get off than the last stop, and you're right there. It's $2.75. And uh, that's my, my big advice as well. Well, as a transplant New Yorker, it's only three avenues. You can always walk it. I always like to remind people that like, you don't have cars. Just, you know, get your steps in. <laughs> well, speaking of walking, whether you're walking to Javits or not, you're going to walk a lot. Oh, yeah. yeah walk a lot. Know can, yeah. And you're, you're a woman, so you can talk about shoes, but shoes become mm-hmm. an issue because you want to look good. <laughs> you know, where you wear your watch and you'll see how many steps you get in. But even whether you take the bus, the subway, you walk the Javits, once you get there, you're going to walk a lot around. You'll be walking basically for eight to 10 hours. Yeah. 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 So much walking. So, you know, another interesting thing you brought up when we were ahead of this session and you were talking about what, what kind of tips would there be? You mentioned a few things about thinking about who's listening in your conversations. What did you mean by that? Yeah. So, you know, New York is what millions and millions of people live here, but it's, it becomes a real small world in the retail. So you get on a flight and it seems more often than not, the person next to me is some kind of vendor. And when you're at the bag claim, I've had people come up to me and recognize (laughs) me from LinkedIn. And so just be careful what you're saying about your company, business, personal, just assume that, you know, I mean probably rare that it will happen, but it seems to happen a lot to me. So just be careful what you're saying on an airplane, in the cab, you know, as you're going around the city, you know, so especially people start drinking, they get loud and (laughs) people can overdo. So, you know, I'd be careful about that. It's just about, you know, being professional when you travel, I guess is the simple way you're saying. I've met some of my favorite people and long-term friends from traveling and hitting airports during this time of the year. People who worked at at different consulting companies or technology vendors or retailers, literally from a flight delay (laughs) and and having a chat, you know, over like an unexpected dinner at the airport or literally just sitting next to them on the flight. So, I mean, it's a great opportunity. But yeah, somebody, the likelihood of somebody sitting next to you that's going to the same show, very high. Yeah. Now, you could arrange for a ride. I've certainly used the opportunity to arrange for a ride. Like, hey, let's grab a cab to the city together. You know, there's two of you or three of you and the cab's going to be 65 bucks. And that's pretty nice to share. And then you got another 45 minutes to chat with your new friend. Yeah. Have you ever visited NRF as a part of a group where the whole company is kind of going? I know you mentioned doing company dinners, but what is that? I've always gone solo. What is that kind of like? when you've got a whole bunch of group of coworkers going together. I think there's a lot of positives. Like I said, you could have the dinner together. You can also divide and conquer. So hey, I'm going to focus, you know, so sit down with the group and say, oh, who's going to go to what sessions and then take notes for each other and come back and share what you learned. If you're all there on the same mission, maybe you can all hear something together. If you're all there looking at X, Y, Z category of software, I would say, you know, to my tech friends, the introverts, it is you have to be careful because with your with people you know, say so you go to a party, it's a lot easier just to stay with them and talk to them. But don't do that. Force yourself to break out and, and go make the new connections. And if one of your goals is to make at least three new connections, it sounds like Casey, 
you have no problem doing that, <laughs> but there are certainly people that come from more of the, you know, technical side of the house or other places where they're not naturally extroverts. So you got to kind of force yourself to not just hang back with your coworker that you talk to, at least on yeah, Zoom every day. Butterfly. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, one trick I, I tell people is to use the extroverts to your advantage. So let's say someone meets you in a social event, they can ask you, hey, will you introduce me to another retailer? Mm-hmm. And so they may not just want to walk up, especially if people are in a group. And that's the other thing. If people come in a group and they stay in the group, they're not really approachable. But someone like you would be easily able to bust in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I might say, hey, Casey, I really want to meet people at, I don't know, Coach or Louis Vuitton. And you're like, I know them. Let me introduce you, right? So the introverts can use the extroverts to build their relationships. Yeah, I always, I was very shy growing up. Who would have thought? And I always go and try and find like people who are kind of like being a, like a wallflower almost. And I'm like, oh, come on in, get into the conversation or come join. Cause you never really do know who that, who those people are. But I find that some of the introverts, they're, they're very good operators. <laughs> <laughs> want to know who you are otherwise it's like a whole bunch of uh, a lot of social people they're usually salespeople. <laughs> exactly that's yeah that's like you don't want to talk to another salesperson <laughs> where are some operators around <laughs> keep it interesting exactly <laughs> <laughs> so so maybe re- related to to that note I, I should have asked you earlier andy i mean are are in this nrf coming up are there other side events or other events around town that you're excited about this year that you're looking forward to yeah, you know, I'm very active and I know you are too with the Retail ROI, yeah. which is the Retail Orphan Initiative. And uh, you get to go in that time Saturdays and there may be opportunities still to attend, whether you're a retailer or supplier. That event is really amazing content for learning, amazing content about, you know, what the organization does for orphans around the world. And uh, it's a worthwhile cause, right? Yeah. Just your attendance alone helps. So that's, I put that as number one. It's my favorite event, and I, I've been going to, since the original one. There's even if you back up, you know, years ago the NRF started on Monday and went through Wednesday. The show, then the CIO councils and the other councils would meet on Sundays. So then the show started to move things backwards. So then Greg Music put his thing on Saturday. Now there's a Vicky Cantrell has something called Vendors and Partnerships, which is really exciting. Mm-hmm. It's about bringing together the providers and, and the retailers and giving an award show, and that's moved us back Friday. Friday, night. so. It really has become a, a weekend event. You know, now you're talking about traveling on Friday, spending the weekend, and the show ends on Tuesday now. So, again, it's not just about the Javits. It's about from Friday, Saturday. Now, those are my favorite events. There's a Kathy Hawkins secret event. You got to know. You got to know to know. <laughs> so, if you want to get on that, you got to figure it out. That makes it more fun. But um, I hear about things, even though after 20 years that go on that I had no yeah, idea, or sometimes yeah. I find out there's something. So I, I also don't want to pigeonhole people into what I do because it's, it's amazing. There are sometimes events at the big flagship stores mm-hmm. in town right? or store yeah. tours. It's another thing we didn't talk about, yeah. but you know, especially if you come in a day early or stay an extra day, you can really do some retailing and yeah, get visit out and some of the stores. A lot, yeah. of, a lot of stores. Yeah. Highly yeah. recommend visiting stores during holiday season, no matter what type of, of retailer you are. Hitting the flagships in New York City is an experience in itself. And, you know, if your company has stores in the city, absolutely make sure you yeah. get into those stores and say hi to those. Yeah, absolutely. You know, store associates and, you know. There's so many learnings, so many learnings, even even as a, even as a shopper, right? You don't have to be in the own brand. It doesn't have to be a competitive brand. Just being able to experience a Fifth Avenue and hit up 10 different stores. It's very rare that we get to, to see that level of quality and or just have that much access to what a lot of the flagship experiences are. So I'm a big exactly. advocate. A lot of people come in from like mid-door tiers. And so I think it's always pretty special when you have a chance to visit the flagships. Yeah, I agree, I agree with that. I've, I've often done that when I'll, I'll stay over on Wednesday, in, in fact, at the day after the show is over, just to do that, just to visit different stores around the city, just to get a, get a chance to see and experience what's new, what's special about those locations with, with so many flagship stores there and, and other interesting experiences to, to compare with. Yeah. So I guess that kind of begs the question, Andy. So you, we've gone through all these things to do while you're at NRF, all these things to do around NRF. What do you do after the show? You get back home, back to the office. 
then what do you do? So I may, may sound nerdy, but I always write a report. So I always use my flight home to read all my notes and summarize what I learned, what I saw. And so then I publish it. Well, you're like, I mean, I used to be on a four hour flight. You got, you know, if you're not going to nap, then you can at least do that. But if you don't do it, then you're going to, you're already behind at work because you've been gone for four days. Right. So then I just, you know, publish that to the exec team and peers and say, Hey, here's what I saw, what I learned. And that's the first thing. And then it's, it's justifying the ROI. We talked about up front. So, you know, you have so much fun, you want to make sure you can get to go again. And so you make sure you justify the investment. Maybe then follow-ups. I send thank yous for anything. You can give me gifts or meetings. I'll, I'll do that when I'm back. And then the things that you really want to, wow, you have your one big idea you want to chase. So start scheduling meetings to talk about that back home. So I do have a conference hack for note-taking that I found extremely beneficial is I open up a Slack channel and I invite a few people into my Slack channel and I take notes in Slack and take pictures of the business cards as I get them. And so I'll have an entire Slack channel that the team is actually digesting throughout the day and doing like end of day recaps and then already on it before I even get back. But I do I really love it. That's cool. Slack channel because it's mid thought. I'll just go in there right after I meet somebody and leave notes so I can remember contacts, more pens and papers for me. But it shares it right with the team immediately. So I've even had people get back to me and say, oh, this person is also friends with this person and they had just left this company. And I literally was still in conversation. I was able to like have the extra contact. So it is nice to have that that Slack channel open with somebody. That's a great I'm so impressed by all of these like valuable tips and tricks and recommendations. I don't know where you were when I went to my first NRF. It was very overwhelming for me just because I didn't know who anybody was and how to navigate successfully because there's just so many vendors. But this is just amazing. Is there anything that we've missed? Anything you want to add before we, we close out, Andy? Yeah, look, it's you can have some fun too, right? I don't know what's that word, boondoggle, but you're getting to go <laughs> on a trip and meet some amazing people and see some amazing things. Maybe you're at a restaurant you couldn't normally get into or couldn't normally afford. So enjoy yourself. Have some fun, right? It's, it's not all work. It should be mostly work, but not all work. Corporate accounts. Man, I miss those. <laughs> Well, well, Andy, I, thanks so much for, for coming back to the show and, and joining us for this. Like, just like Casey said, some amazing tips and a really excellent guide to NRF for beginners. I don't know that I can keep track of all of them. I took some notes myself. Like I said at the beginning, this might be my 11th or 12th NRF, but sometimes I still feel like I'm the beginner learning all the, the best tips and tricks on how to get through the week. <laughs> all right, well, I look forward to seeing both of you there. Absolutely. Well, Ricardo, I think that this episode is a wrap. Thank you so much, Andy. You're very welcome. If you enjoyed our show, please consider giving us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Remember to smash that subscribe button in your favorite podcast player or on YouTube so you don't miss a minute. And if you haven't tried Good Pods Player yet, give them a spin and follow our show. We recently hit the top of the charts in indie management and marketing podcasts. We love hearing feedback from our Good Pods fans. If you want to know more about what we talked about today, take a look at the show notes for handy links and more deets. I'm your co-host, Casey Golden. And if you'd like to connect with us and share your feedback, follow us and the show on Twitter at KCC Golden, Ricardo underscore Belmar, and at Retail Razor, or find us on LinkedIn. And if you want even more from us, uh, be sure and subscribe to our Substack newsletter for full episode transcripts and bonus content. I'm your host, Ricardo Belmar. Thanks for joining us. And remember, there's never been a better time to be in retail if you cut through the clutter. Until next time, this is The Retail Razor Show.